living stones for God's house. So get rid of all evil behavior, be done with all deceit, hypocrisy, jealousy and all unkind speech. Like newborn babies, you must crave pure spiritual milk so that you will grow into a full experience of salvation. Cry out for this nourishment now that you have had a taste of the Lord's kindness. You are coming to Christ who is the living cornerstone of God's temple. He was rejected by people but he was chosen by God for great honor. And you are living stone that God is building into his spiritual temple. What's more, you are his holy priest. Through the mediation of Jesus Christ, you offer spiritual sacrifices that please God. As the scriptures say, I'm placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor, and anyone who trusts in him will never be disgraced. Yes, you who trust him recognize the honor God has given him. But for those who reject him, the stone that the builders rejected has now become the cornerstone. And he is the stone that makes the people stumble, the rock that makes them fall. They stumble because they do not obey God's word, and so they meet the fate that was planned for them. But you are not like that, for you are a chosen people. You are royal priests, a holy nation, God's very own possession. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God, for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Once you had no identity as a people, now you are God's people. Once you received no mercy, now you have received God's mercy. So our thanks to Uday for reading those wonderful words of scripture, which came across with fresh meaning in the New Living Translation. We're going to focus especially on verses 9 and 10, but we're going to touch on the whole passage. And this is all about who we are and what we do as the Church of Jesus Christ today. The two big themes of this passage are our belonging together and our making a difference. And at this time when our physical gathering is so very limited, our shared identity and our impact as disciples of Jesus is all important. We do still belong together and we can make a difference on our front line today. Those are the themes that I'd like to explore with you in the next few moments. So let's start with the idea of belonging together. Tuesday was an exciting day for me. I spent the morning at church and during the morning had socially distanced conversations with eight different people. And I realized how much I've missed that level of interaction. Just being around and uh, people being there and speaking together. We cannot come together as a large group as yet, and indeed it may be quite a long while before this is allowed, but we can have some element of face-to-face -face conversations and we can keep together in other ways as well. The corporate element of church life is so very important indeed and this is one of the clearest passages to explain why belonging together is so important for all who are followers of Jesus Christ. And so we look into these words. We find that we are being called to be built into a spiritual house. Verse 5. You, you are living stones that God is building into his spiritual temple or into a temple of the Holy Spirit. 
Now, in Old Testament times, the temple was of very great importance. But for in our times, the physical temple of Jerusalem has been replaced by the temple which is the body of Christ, Jesus himself, and all who belong to him, who are held together in the presence and the power of the Holy Spirit. And that means that believing in Jesus Christ leads seamlessly into belonging among God's people. The Holy Spirit dwells individually in the life of every Christian, but the Spirit also dwells corporately within the spiritual community of God's people. The word house here can be translated household. It can mean both the structure of the house and the people who live in it. And the context here is very much the people of God belonging together, who live together under the Lordship of Christ and held together in the power of the Holy Spirit. One commentator has suggested that the freelance Christian is simply a contradiction in terms. You're not there believing in Jesus in isolation. We are called to belong to him and belong together. And as we're being built into this spiritual temple, Jesus Christ himself is the cornerstone. And that is clear from the next few verses, verses six, seven, and eight. There are several Old Testament verses that are linked together in these words, but the meaning is quite clear, that Jesus Christ is the cornerstone. The scripture says, I am placing a cornerstone in Jerusalem, chosen for great honor. He was of course rejected by the religious leaders of his time. He was crucified dead and buried, but God raised him to life, and he is the cornerstone of the church today. Now, the cornerstone of any building is absolutely essential. It sets the direction for building along the walls and for building up the walls. If the cornerstone is wrong, then everything else will be wrong. But here we are told very clearly that the cornerstone is chosen and precious to God it is indeed his own son, Jesus Christ, who sets the direction and the line for the building up of the church today. So we're being built together into a living temple of the Holy Spirit and Jesus Christ is the cornerstone and that word can also mean capstone, which is the little stone that goes at the top of an arch. So Jesus, if you like, is the one who sets the foundation in line and who brings it all together in the end. We are gathered in him. But then there are, nine, uh, there are five, four more descriptions of uh, what it means to belong together in verse nine. We read there that you are a chosen people, a chosen people. Now, any sense of being chosen could be misunderstood because it begs the question, why are some chosen and others are not? but that's actually missing the point. The remarkable thing here is that an all holy and all powerful God should choose anyone to be part of his people. And God does not choose because of anyone's worth or gifts, but out of his heart of love that is reaching equally to all, we who were all utterly helpless and hopeless in the face of God have been forgiven through Jesus Christ, brought together in the people of God, chosen by God himself. Chosen people, and then also royal priests. The whole church, an offering 
offering itself as a living sacrifice to God, such that every day and every action is truly part of our worship to God. Now, just as there's no physical temple now, so there also there is no sacrificial system like there was in Old Testament times. But we together become an offering to God in the way that we live our lives every day. Everyone together, a royal priesthood, offering the best of all that we have and all that we are as we serve God together. That's what it means. You're a chosen people, you're royal priests, and then also you're a holy nation. A holy nation. That's a strange description. It doesn't mean to suggest that the church is perfect, far from it, but that the church is called by God, made possible through Jesus, and gathered together by the Holy Spirit. And we are therefore God's people. And given that God himself is holy, then holiness should be a key characteristic of the church too. We as the people of God are called to live with integrity, with holiness, with joy, with faith and with hope, reflecting the life of Jesus in our own lives because we're called together to be a holy nation. And then God's own possession. God's own possession at a time when so many people are struggling with questions of identity and purpose. The Christian believer held together with others in the community of the church has no doubt about their identity. We are God's own possession. There's so much here, isn't there, about belonging together, of how we are called to be a spiritual temple, how Jesus Christ is the cornerstone, how we're a chosen people, royal priests, a holy nation, God's own possession. And we're needing to find ways to make that belonging as meaningful as possible in our current circumstances, when it's so easy to feel fragmented. Lots of the things that we used to be able to do together, we cannot do together at this moment in time. Uh, often we only see people as images on the screen or we talk uh, on the telephone or whatever other communications we might use and it's not quite the same as that physical being together. But we need to find those ways of belonging which are real, that are creative, so that nobody is left in isolation, but all are gathered together in the, as the people of God in a way which this passage sets out so clearly. So please do be creative. Think about how you can contact others within the church community and what ways in which you can meet up that is uh, uh, within the guidelines that we operate at the moment and which will be helpful in enriching the life of the body of Christ. Then as well as belonging together, we need to think about making a difference. Because the whole purpose of God's people belonging together is actually that other people will see a difference. We're called together not to become inward looking, but from that togetherness to be outward looking. And the remaining part of verse nine makes this very clear as well. Because we read here, as a result, you can show others the goodness of God. Other translations refer to declaring the praises of God, and the original words can be translated either way. It's very clear to me that this is not just to do with singing, uh, nor even primarily to do with worship. This is to do with mission. 
declaring the praises of God, showing others the goodness of God. When you know something is of good value, effective and worth having, then you will sing the praises of whatever it is in your communications, in your talking with other people, in your Facebook posts or however you, however you might do that. If you want to speak well of someone, then sometimes we talk about singing their praises. And we're called to sing the praises of God every day by showing other people how good God is. It's a thought that's echoed right the way throughout the Bible. Psalm 96 and verse three, declare his glory among the nations, his marvelous deeds among all people. We're called to declare the goodness of God, to say that God is great, that Jesus is for real, that he loves us, he's able to forgive us, and that God can give us our true identity when we come to him and trust in Jesus and when the Holy Spirit binds us together as part of God's people. We're called to show the goodness of God. But then also in these words, we're called to live in the light of God. As a result, you can show others the goodness of God for he called you out of the darkness into his wonderful light. Without Christ, there's a sense in which we are living in darkness and death. But now we're living in the light and the love of his glorious presence. The same thought is expressed in other verses in the New Testament, Colossians 1, 12 and 13, giving thanks to the Father who has qualified us to share in the inheritance of his people in the kingdom of light. He has rescued us from the dominion of darkness and brought us into the kingdom of the son he loves. And Ephesians 5 and verse eight, you were once in darkness, but now you are light in the Lord. The idea of being called out of darkness into light is very clear throughout the New Testament. This is what God has done for us. So now we live in the light of Jesus. It's as if there is a spiritual dawn of every new day. As sure as the sun rises in the sky, Jesus, the Son of God, is alive to greet you at the opening of every day, to invite you to walk into his light and to walk with him in his light. Each day is an adventure with Jesus. And we sense also the traveling together with others in that way of faith. It's so exciting to see the way in which God's people have been making a difference as Christians in the last few months. Uh, just one or two examples of that. Many of you will be aware of Charlie Tom's work through Mercy Mission in India, the distribution of food to local village communities and to pastors who are needing support themselves so that they can continue to serve other people. Some of you will remember that I was talking a few weeks ago with Raj and Sophia who have daily gatherings on Zoom. I had the privilege of speaking at that event on Friday evening, which was a wonderful time. Many of you will remember the composition of the UK Blessing earlier in lockdown. How that beautiful version of a well-known song went viral online and became a model for similar enterprises in other countries across the world and truly brought blessing to the lives of so many people. Locally, I'm aware of the support that many people have been giving to family and friends who've needed regular help and it's been done with such kindness and generosity the selfless giving that has been evident in the Christian community. And then the sharing of our services. 
Accurate statistics are impossible to achieve, but uh, I would estimate that if we brought together in one space all those who watch this online, then it would be significantly more than our regular congregation. And talking about faith when the opportunity arises. I don't know that many of you have had great conversations with family, friends, neighbours, because there is an atmosphere of spiritual openness and inquiry across the world as we live in these very challenging times. So God has called us to belong together and to make a difference because we have an amazing identity as the people of God today. These are great thoughts for us to hold on to this morning. There is no need for you to be in isolation. We belong together. And there's no need for you to think that your life won't make any difference. It will when you are walking in the light of Jesus Christ and declaring his praises and sharing his goodness with those who are around you.